welcome once again to Radio Trivia Podcast Edition. I'm your host, Michael Cole. With me we have Brad, as usual. Hello. Yes, hello. <laughs> so, hopefully by now, since it's the 10th episode, uh, you know what we're doing. But if you don't, uh, you listen to the music, figure out what the game is. We give you three tries because we give you three games. We'll even help you with the bonus question after the second game, which is often a hint as, as to what the game is. So figure out the game. If you know the game, figure out the question. And if you can't figure out either, just have fun listening to the music. That's what this is about, after all. So with that, let's just dive into the first game. Of course. <laughs> Anybody who's an older gamer should remember that game. If you're a younger gamer, this is a history lesson. Yeah. That's a hint, but I really don't care because it's true. So let's go on to the second song, and if you can't figure out from the second song, for shame. <laughs> So do I. So what's the question? 
What is particularly odd about this game's turtles? That's quite a hint. statement it really never re- received a localization it was just kind of released they just let it be <laughs> yeah because they use all like the japanese versions of the characters names and everything too which i always found kind of weird and what's so odd about the turtles in this mario game super mario land or the game boy they blow up they blow up they turn into bombs when you jump on them they go boom. And they go boom. And usually you die. <laughs> <laughs> this was one of the games that was out early during the original Game Boy's lifespan. I think it was a launch game, wasn't it? Along with Tetris? or I think so. So I remember playing this game like in the backseat of, of my mom's car or whatever, just going to school. Me too. That was awesome. That and alleyway. Those were the days. Moving on to game two.
And that's another song that takes me back. Back when I didn't know any better. <laughs> you stole my line. Got a question here. What is the name of the book that this game's hero seeks to recover? I'm ashamed to say I actually beat in this game. Same here. Yeah, it was, it was probably the second RPG I'd ever played, so I, I didn't was, really know any better. Yeah, I yeah. was starving for RPGs back that day. I don't know. I mean, the, ga- the game is Quest 64, and uh, it was kind of a rushed game, I think. But it, it had some neat stuff in it. I, I liked the battle system, actually. The way it worked was... Uh, each character, actually, you played as one character, and the bosses, the ba- the enemies had their own battle space as well. You had a, you know, like a hexagonal or octagonal or whatever space that you could roam in for each turn. It was yeah. like a action strategy game. Kind of, you, but it was in 3D, so you could wander anywhere you want. You position yourself, and you'd position yourself so that you could do projectile attacks or or get up close to the enemy so you could whack them with your stick. And um, but wherever you used your weapon was where you started the next turn. So there was it was interesting. I liked the battle mechanic. I it, it just the game was not nearly fleshed out enough. And I wouldn't mind seeing something like that again. It's kind of like a grid-based 
battle system without the grid, which I thought was kind of neat. Of course, back then I didn't know any better because it was a second RPG, uh, but in hindsight, I think it's pretty neat. <laughs> yeah. And 64 owners were really starving for RPGs that Well, there aren't generation. that many RPGs on, on the GameCube or Wii, for that matter, yet, so... There are more, well, I guess, on well, GameCube. Well, the question was, what is the name of the book that this game's hero seeks to recover? And the answer is, the Yellowtail yeah. book. Yellowtail book, or whatever, however you pronounce it. They didn't have voices back then! <laughs> yeah, damn it! Game three. like that song, or you don't like the next two songs, you have yourself to blame. Not you, Brad. The listener. Uh, you have yourself to blame because you didn't send anything. If you, sent a, if you send suggestions, we consider them for the third game, but we didn't get any suggestions this last time, so we had to choose our own game. So We need your suggestions. We're running out of ideas, you know. Yeah, you'll see when we tell you what game this is.
Well, now. Super happy fun time. And we have a trivia question. What peripheral does this game support? Good question. So if you thought this song, those songs sound a little bit like uh, virtual console games on for uh, Triple Graphic 16, I kind of think they do. Uh, there's a good reason. Uh, this is made by Hudson, and I, I guess it's after they give up on the Turbo Graphics. Yeah, it's kind of impressive that uh, they went from having a rival system to a game that was like a flagship for a peripheral, which was the Super Multi Tap. Um, and what's more, at least in Japan, they made five of these Bomberman games for uh, for the Super Famicom. Well, it was before Hudson and Wendell lost their souls making horrible Bomberman games. Well, and lots of Mario Party, too. Don't forget Mario Party. Which is uh, this game's name, Super Mo- Bomberman 2. Right, this is the second one on the Super Nintendo, Super Bomberman 2. Um, once again, after they gave up on the Turbo Graphics and... I'm just I'm amazed that they can make five Bomberman games for the SNES when in the beginning they had their own system. And they weren't bad. They were actually good. I didn't play them. Did you play both of them, or did you play the first one? Or Don't ask me how, but I played all five of them. Oh, wow. So I played uh, one or two on more recent systems. I know I played Bomberman Generation for the GameCube, and I probably tried out one or two of the GBA games, too. So... Uh, what are the Super Nintendo games like in comparison? They're the, your basic Bomberman. Well, to me, bo- basic Bomberman has adventure or whatever. Mode. Go around, blow up blocks, and enemies. All right, so just overhead. It's kind of like Bomberman Live on Xbox 360. Okay. Anyway, the answer was Super Multitap. So. I, I, you know, I never even saw Super Multitap uh when I had an SNES. He never owned one. And, I uh, saw one, but I never held one. It was it was 
This was back in the day when every other game had its own little major peripheral. <laughs> Super NES was also known as a system that that was the king of peripherals. You you'd spend like six hundred dollars just to get the ultimate experience. Oh, see, I only peripheral I ever owned or even really. So I guess I sell a Super Scope as well, but I had the Mario Paint uh, mouse and, and mouse pad. I think even Earthbound had its own peripheral. Really? Yeah, it came in this big old box. And what was what did the peripheral do? Clearly, you didn't need it to play the game. I I'm not really sure. I never even played Earthbound. I know I know. Shame on me. I haven't played it either. I've I listened to the music and kind of weirds me out. I'm probably going to get harassed by the listeners next live radio trivia for that. Yeah, well, what's what you going to do, you know? <laughs> anyway, let's go on to the next game. Thank you. 
some wonderful music. Magnificent. Magnificent. Back in the dark age of gaming. <laughs> dark age? Yeah. That's basically when gaming was very little known. Another wonderful set of music. It is wonderful. And stop you being sarcastic. You. You. Ask the question. All right. The remake of this game introduced which new class? Classic, classic. How did they make music this good on the NES? I, you know, sometimes 8-bit just sounds better, you know? I mean, especially like 16-bit versus 8-bit. Often 16-bit tries to do something more complex, like with an instrument, but it can't pull it off. But 8-bit's 8-bit. It's, it's, it's a sound wave, and it sounds like itself, so you can't criticize it, you know? But they did so much better than Nintendo back in the day. Yeah. I don't know. But uh, the answer to the game is Dragon Quest or Dragon Warrior 3 for the NES. And the class that was introduced with the remake was Thief. Yeah. Introduced the Thief on the Game Boy Color remake. So uh, I didn't play 3. I played 1 and 2 on the Game Boy Color. And recently I've been playing, well, playing my mind out of... uh, uh, Dragon Quest Eight for the PlayStation 2. It's a really good game, and actually, uh, you might have figured out the game or recognized the the second song uh, because it's also in Dragon Quest Eight. I've never played a Dragon Quest game in my life, not even a spinoff. Ah, so you're like me with Final Fantasy, huh? But I played the I played the hell out of Final Fantasy. 
You should you should try Dragon Quest Eight, but only if you have a lot of free time. Because I don't need, I don't have a PlayStation Two. Oh yeah, well, that'll stop you too. That's what stopped me from originally playing it. But uh, it's good if you ever get a chance to to play it. I'll probably play Dragon Quest Nine because I just got a DS Lite. You know what? That that's probably going to be just as good as it because it's going to be made by the same team. So check that out. Dragon Quest Nine should be pretty good. Although it's going to be kind of different, isn't it? Online? No, it went back to the um, traditional style Dragon Quest games. Oh, I guess they couldn't figure out how to make not online work. They got they kind of got mad at Nintendo for not um, conceding on the friend code thing. Ah. That's their excuse. That is their excuse. I, I suspect they just couldn't make it work well. I mean, I mean, eleven wasn't really a Final Fantasy game, was it? I mean, <laughs> it was Final Fantasy, but it wasn't. It was kind of a mixture of Final Fantasy, World of Warcraft, and um, EverQuest. Yeah. Well, the idea for the DS being online with Dragon Quest was more of a PSO style thing, right? Where it was just four people. It was it was going to be an episodic um, type um, deal where they um, offer up uh, a type of um, downloadable content. Okay. Yeah, there are a lot of hurdles to cover with something like that. I know, like, Tony Hawk was able to pull that off, but... They're, they're kind of going to be um, a second cartridge that you could save the downloadable content onto, or at least that's what I understood. <laughs> second cartridge. <laughs> I thought that was just a Photoshop. <laughs> that, that's what the rumors were saying, but ever since... <laughs> Ever since I went back to the traditional style, it's been kind of oh, it's Dragon Quest. Yeah, well, it'll it'll be good. Check it out. I, I, mean, yeah. I don't know if it'll be as good as eight. I haven't finished eight, but eight's pretty good. But even if nine isn't quite as good as eight, I don't see a reason why it wouldn't be. Cell shaded games look really good on the DS, but um, it it should be good. Yeah. Yeah. On to the final, final, final game for the evening or the morning, if you're listening to it in the morning. You might want to cover your ears.
creepy. Well, maybe not as creepy as Body Harvest. It might want to be noted that the that the music was the best part of this game.
Well, we have a question now. We do, we do. And that question is, what's the primary way that your character's abilities are enhanced throughout the game? said the music was the best part of this game it's true because this game is horrible do not under any circumstances go out and buy this game or even play it so what's the name of the game it, before I say that this was in the time when EA basically lost their soul they completely destroyed the franchise namesake his game is Goldeneye Rogue Agent so, so remind me, what's the premise of this game? Basically, it's about this um, MI6 agent that go that kills James Bond and basically goes um, rogue. He teams up with Arik Goldfinger in his battle against Doctor No, loses an eye in a process, and receives a new new one from Francisco Scaramanga. Basically. He kills Dr. No, is betrayed by Goldfinger, kills Goldfinger, and game over. You know, this is actually sounding a little bit like a Shadow the Hedgehog, now that you describe it. Yes, it's basically like that. <laughs> and it's just as bad, I'm sure. It's worse. <laughs> worse? Oh my. <laughs> so, uh, I think you already kind of gave the answer, but uh, how do you get your upgrades in this game? Upgrades for the Goldeneye from Francisco Scaramanga. And how how do they justify calling the game Goldeneye? Because the character has a device called a Goldeneye. Oh, how convenient! So they can they can trick their customers, eh? Yes. So it has nothing to do with the Goldeneye from said movie, or no. said game based on said movie. It was kind of a betrayal. Yeah. As uh, as some of the users on NeoGAF would say, betrayal ton. Uh, well, that was that's pretty sleazy and I wonder how many people actually uh 
bought the game, you know, who aren't avid gamers thinking, oh, it's a sequel to the awesome GoldenEye for N64. A lot of people still haven't forgiven EA for that one. Yeah. That's 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 just bad taste. Myself into, included. Yeah, but you knew about it. You didn't actually buy the game, did you? I didn't buy it, but I still can't forgive them for it. Oh. Let's imagine someone who bought it thinking they were getting a sequel to Goldeneye. Yeah. Well, with that, I think uh, I think we got to well, insult our way out of here. EA, the, don't do that shit. And Paul Oakenfold, don't ever get involved with a game this bad again. I'm sorry? Paul Oakenfold, the um, superstar um, DJ. Ah. He did the music for it. Who developed who developed to this? Um EALA. Really? So it was developed in house. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe they ported that one off to uh to uh oh dear. Now the name evades me, now that it's important. It was one of the games that basically caused EA to lose the bond license. I I know. I'm thinking of Tose. No. <laughs> it was EA Los Angeles. How do you know? How do you know for sure? Because I read the developer diaries. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, no, you can believe those. Yeah. All right. Just never... This this game should disappear from history and never be raised again. We shall kill it by turning off this podcast. Good night, everybody. Good night. Super Mario Land is copyright 1989 Nintendo. Quest 64 is copyright 1998 Imagineer. Super Bomberman 2 is copyright 1994 Hudson Soft. Dragon Warrior 3 is copyright 1988-1992 Enix. Golden Eye Rogue Agent is copyright 2004 Electronic Arts.